welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. And we are going to talk about the Open and Shootout coming out this weekend. We also have Wally coming on later, one of our commentators. And uh, we're going to talk about some news around the league. Of course, we have Mike, Mar- Mike Morton coming on. So really fun show coming up. Before we get into it, anything exciting over this weekend, guys? This is our, our only non-cornhole weekend for the month of June. So uh, <laughs> did we do something cornhole-focused or take a little break? Zero cornhole. Zero. zero cornhole. Okay. It was Got it was it. uh it was a nice refresher. Got to uh lay in bed and watch some some TV a little bit. So it was weird. It's kind of weird. I mean, I didn't really know what to do with myself. I almost felt myself <laughs> being like being very like fidgety because yeah, I wasn't doing weird. something. But it was, it was it was good. Did you start a new show or are you watching a show you've been watching? I started a new one. I started uh Better Call Saul. Because oh I've man, always, I been, oh, yeah, yeah, I've yeah, always yeah. been a huge Breaking Bad fan. And like I've seen yes. a lot of the major shows, but like that was the one show that everybody kept telling me I had to watch that I really hadn't seen yet. So I was like, all right. And of course, I caught up on Kenobi. I'm a huge Star Wars guy. So I'll cut up on Kenobi. All right. That sounds good. Yeah. Battle Call Saul's really, really good. Uh, we haven't seen the latest season because it took so long to drop that I actually forgot everything that happened prior. I'm like, I didn't even start over. Like I'm so lost right now. Um, but really, really good. We were so mad when it stopped. Um, but how about you, Anthony cornhole this weekend? So actually I, I practiced for an hour this weekend. Wow. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was father's day, no basketball tournaments. It was like, well, what do you want to do? It was like, I was like, I'm going to practice for an hour. Let's go. (laughs) That's terrible. Yeah, it only made me more angry. So. <laughs> it's a downward spiral for me in this freaking game. Yeah, we played some cornhole on Father's Day. Actually, went to a wedding on Saturday, and there they said there was going to be cornhole, but there wasn't. So Nick got out the airmail box because we're not going to like uh, not play. You know what I mean? Like heaven forbid. So I kicked off my heels and and threw in my dress. So you know you got to make nice. do. <laughs> Very cool. All right, let's go ahead and get into it. We have. Uh, Pro shootout number four coming up this weekend at open number 15. It's going to be in Everett, Washington. So another West Coast tournament. Uh, So I'd love to hear your thoughts, Trey, on the uh, men and women singles coming up this weekend. Yeah, so uh, it's going to be a different vibe, right? We're going to be in the Pacific Northwest for the first time ever. It's a little bit lighter of a field, um, which I thought was interesting. And so I kind of went through some of, my, some of my top players to watch. And I think this is kind of a – this is an interesting one. Like, it's going to be the first one we don't see Jamie Graham and Matt Guy. They'd originally registered, but, um, you know, and then obviously they win. And then Matt Guy says, I'm not going to go all the way out there just for singles. So they cancel the trip. So, like, you're not going to see that top team there. You're going to see some other players not making the trip, a lot of top players not making the trip. This is going to be an interesting one. Um, a chance possibly to another, you know, break in serve as a, that, the term I keep using of, of players to step in and win um, that maybe aren't supposed to win. Right. Um, now, when I look on the, on the men's single side or, or um, you know, I think this is an opportunity. I wrote about this in my preview of the final chase and Bernie called me out for being a fan, but it is just, it's what it is. We are entering Sam Finley and James Baldwin's season, right? 
So when you look at like the final chase, and I know we'll talk about that over the next couple episodes as we go into Chicago next weekend, Sam Finley at this point in the year at the final chase has won three straight women's doubles finals chases. She added that with a pro shootout number one win last year at the, around this time, a little bit before this into May. And then on top of that, Every year she's played with Rosie Streaker, she's won the Women's Doubles World Championship, which obviously is in August. But the point I'm making is, beginning of summer through all the way to the end of summer is Sam Finley's season. If you look at James Baldwin, when you look at the final chase weekend and the World Championship week, James Baldwin has won at least one event on those two locations every year since 2018. Right, He won the 2018 Singles World Championship. He won the 2019 Singles uh, Final Chase. He won the 2020 Pro Invitational that took place at the Final Chase. The 2021 Pro Doubles World Championship. I'm telling you, he just wins all the... And then going all the way back to 2018, I also forgot he won the doubles at the Final Chase with Rocky. The first ever Final Chase that was played... James Baldwin won. So what I'm saying is both of these players, when we've looked at them this season, we've been worried about them as far as having a consistent play. Well, now here's an opportunity as having down years through this point. Now we're going into the part of the year where historically they have been dominant and they've been arguably the best players in the world in this specific portion of the year. Both of them also playing men's and women's singles in Everett, Washington. So I'm watching and I have eyes on both of those players as individuals heading into Washington as possible opportunities to really say, okay, put the foot on the gas. Let's roll through it. Let's get a win and start the momentum of the summer as they hit in, head into that final chase next weekend. I like it. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, I'm going to get a little historical too. So on the men's single side, we have both 2021 shootout finalists in the field, Adam Hisner and Frank Modlin. So Trey, we were talking about it, about the match last week. I had to go back and watch it. Cause I was like, I wanted to really deep dig through it and remember yeah. how it happened. So if we rewind to that championship match last time, Adam Hisner never led until the very last round. He was down seven, two after five rounds. He's down eight to five in that final round. He pulled four points off a 10, six, four final round where Maudlin had that final bag in his hand, it was simple, in for $20,000. So it was a $20,000 pitch. It clogged on him, and he ended up giving that twenty k to Hisner. So these boys are definitely on my close watch list here for this shootout four in Washington. So looking closely at Hisner, I mean, he lost his first match at shootout one. He was one and done at the first shootout. He skipped two and three. So this is his second shootout of the season that we're going to see him in this weekend. If we look at Modlin, he did pretty good. He took fifth at shootout one. He skipped shootout two. And then he takes, again, like uh, like Hisner, he took a match one, lost to McClem at three. He was one and done. So I'd expect, though, that Modlin is going to be the most focused on getting this shootout bid just because of the way it played out. I mean, he makes that big cash 1v1 final, leads the whole game. Gives the lead back in the final round with, with, a, with a chance to steal it on his last bag. I mean, how crushing is that? I think he's looking for some redemption. So close, close eyes on those guys. If we look at the women's singles, not in the field. Number one, number two, and the number three ranked women in the world. You got Cheyenne Renner. She's done. She's got her bid. 
Cassidy and El Tice are not making the trip. You got number five, Kaylee Hunter. She's already got her bid. Number six, Whitney Martinez and Miranda Coy not making the trip. Number nine, Isabella, too young to compete. And then you got Lori Duell at number 10. She's not registered. So only three of the top 10 women are registered for this shootout four. So who's in the field? Allison Peters, who was dominant lady last year. Yeti Irwan, one of the most improved female here in 2020, in the 2022 season. A strong shot at another broadcast, in my opinion. Megan Maupin, a strong rookie and a national champ this year. I kind of feel like Maupin and Yeti are the favorites to, to make it to the finals. So kind of on to the speaking to how open it, it is. Check this out. I thought this was interesting. Rosie Streaker, last year, finishes the season number four woman in the world. Doesn't get one of the eight bids. Then you fast forward to this season. She comes in, and this might be as a surprise to some people. She was ranked 22nd when she won that shootout, that recent shootout there at number two. So, And that's 22 out of 34 women. So if Streaker can come in and win out of the 22 spot, why can't an Autumn Nunez, who's 21, or a Courtney Coy, who's 20? Nish, let's even jump up a few spots. Why can't Vanessa Fillingham come out and win it from the 14 spot? Or maybe USA uh, Cornhole National Team member Daniela Luna out of the number 12. So, I mean, really wide open to the whole field. Anyone to take it down. I do think the one advantage Rosie has is she's been on a broadcast court. So she's got that going yes. for her when she huge. got there. That is huge. <laughs> so there's that. All right. What about doubles? What are your thoughts on doubles, Trey? Yeah, kind of the same, uh, a little bit of the same here. I mean, when I looked at my top players, you know, and teams to watch, I think there's kind of a mix of players that have played together or that are playing together as pro partners and teams that aren't, right? Because we're getting to that point now where you're going to see a lot of mix mixing and matching, right? Uh, I think that the mix match team that's going to be a, a, a favorite in a lot of people's eyes is going to be Jimmy Humans and Mark Richards. Hunter. Um, really, if they can kind of figure out bags, um, that's going to be the biggest question mark. Uh, for me uh, on their team. Now, I saw humans in social media saying he's been practicing with some slinkies, as he would yes. call it. He's, he's, <laughs> he's practicing with uh, Mark yep. Richards, King Cheetahs. Um, he actually got himself a set so he could practice with them and been, been throwing them. So it would not surprise me if they went that route instead of going with the super tacky. I think I think humans is going to be a little bit more versatile to throw Richards bags than Richard would Richards would be throwing humans bags. I think humans bags are a little bit more specialty and, and it's really suited to his play style. So I, I, that's going to be an interesting one to me. Another one, you know, uh, Anthony talked about it in singles with Adam Hissner, but Hissner and Henderson, <laughs> right? Yes. A team that we haven't really seen much of at all this year, a team that for the past three, four years, feels like every other national was breaking into a top four, making it on a broadcast and becoming a household name. And we just haven't seen that this year. I mean, it would shock me, Anthony, if we went the entire season without seeing them on a broadcast at all, that would Back. shock me. So if, if that means we're running out of time, which means the statistics tell us that they're going to break out at one of these shootouts and, and especially in a smaller field, it wouldn't surprise me if Cody Henderson is strategically only attending the ones that are lesser, knowing that if I'm playing the odds game and my work isn't letting me travel to seven of them, and I'm only probably going to be able to go to two or three of them, why don't I play my odds and say, well, I have to travel no matter where I'm going, so why don't I go to Washington and then Wichita, Kansas, and then 
you know, obviously a lot of people going to Spencer McKenzie's anyway with that pro shootout number eight. So I look for Hister and Henderson to be a team to watch this weekend as they're really picking and choosing exactly where they go, um, especially to some of these shootouts at the end of the season. Very good points. Anthony? So shootout doubles is not as open to the field as I talked about in women's singles, but Basically, you have some super teams, in my opinion. You've got Jimmy Humans and Mark Richards that you mentioned. Humans been killing it all year. Mark Richards has made every single national broadcast or bracket final this year. I mean, he's absolutely killing it. I really like Team Ultra, Zaft and Almanza. You've got two top 10 players here teaming up. Zaft at number nine, Almanza at number 10. They're going to be tough, tough. Um, Baldwin Renner, I mean, no explanation needed why they're so you know badass. So they're committed partners. They could come in and win the whole thing, but... Some strong teams in there. Modlin Schlobaum still looking for them to kind of make a big a big appearance this year. And then you mentioned Hisner and Henderson, the only team registered for this shootout that won a shootout last year. So they've got some history there. Can they repeat that here in this year? So, I mean, those five teams are going to make it really, really hard for everyone else. But if a team was going to break through as the underdog, I really like the 8-0 qualifier, Corey Gilbert and his partner, Josh Thielen. You know, a really strong team out of Cali and on their coast for this one, as well as like a Lopez Zasueta. We got a little taste of Zasueta in singles. Lopez, I think, is trending up as a doubles player. They could be tough. And Mish, how dope would it be if the highest ranked all-female team at the number 34 spot came out and blew the bracket out with Hunter and Moppin taking a W in, in doubles. I think that would be awesome. Well, you know, I'd love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One other note, you know, a team that you brought up that I did want to add something to was you said Zaft and Almanza. It's like, if I tell you, here's the lineup and there's a team that's got two top 10 players, you may jump through a couple different teams before you end up getting to Zaft and Almanza sneaky they technically are the only team in the field that has two top 10 players on mm -hmm. it. And so That's by true. that virtue itself, should they be viewed as a one or a two seed or a favorite in that tournament? I just thought that was interesting that there's going to be a lot of people that would not have guessed that that's a team of two top 10 players. Facts. Agreed. How about some quick thoughts on open singles and doubles? Anyone you want to point out, Trey? Yeah. I mean, you know me, I like to, I like to talk about some, some players that kind of, um, you know, the standout and, and then our, their amateurs, you know, Anthony, and I, I almost said Bernie and I, but Bernie and I didn't do it. Anthony and I did our little bracket, preview, right. bracket breakdown previously. So, you know, a couple of people that stick out to me, just, you know, um, Ryan Huffy, former ACL pro, as well as Ruben Martinez, who went all the way with Lonnie Williams, all the way to the senior doubles finals last year in 2021, they make it all the way to the finals Give Damon Dennis and Philip Hayden everything that they can handle and just come up a little bit short. So um, in the end, I think it's going to be uh, uh, interesting to see how some of these amateur plays, because I don't, it's not a totally deep field on the amateur side either. Like, like some of our, our previous opens have been. So um, I look for this, even though it's a small pro field to be pretty dominated by our top pros. All right, Anthony, any Quick thoughts on open singles and doubles. Yeah, singles and doubles. Let's pull them together <clears throat> just for time. So um, Doug Zaft, again, we're going to see some overlap here, but Doug Zaft, I really like his ability to keep bags on the board. I think he has a superior level one block game with a replacement game right behind it. He's going to be tough, tough. Humans, Richards, Almanza, 
Renner, they're going to ruin a lot of dreams. I think they're going to be dumping a lot of people out of the bracket. They should make it pretty deep. I real again, Lopez and Sasueta improving. I think they can make some uh, some some uh, noise in singles. Jimmy McGuffin, I'd really like to see him break through in singles. He's he's healthy. He's trending up on the double side. I mean, humans and Richards are going to be beasts, and I think even more so in the open format because they can lose a match. They can come back through the elimination bracket with the double dip format. You're getting rid of that round limited format, which I think is a skill neutralizer to some extent. So they're going to be able to work with 21 points. It's going to be tough to beat those guys when you're when you're going to 21. Um, niche, but I, I think challenging them for the the team to beat is going to be the Zaft El Monza and Renner Baldwin, like we said, uh, in the shootout format. Good luck keep to everybody out. <laughs> Yeah, keep your eye out for uh, Anthony Brunson. We talk about his son, Adrian, all the time. Anthony is right up there as an elite player, so keep your eye out on him. Might be surprised. Yeah, Anthony Brunson came up to me in Vegas. He goes, why you got to call out Adrian like that, right? He, now he's all <laughs> nervous. So I think uh, – I think the reason maybe they didn't make it as deep a run as, as possible is because they had some eyes on them this time. They couldn't they fault. couldn't fly under the radar. Blame and Trey. And they used yeah. to blame me because I talked about them all the time, but I stopped. So now it's your fault. It's all my fault. <laughs> yep. All right, let's go ahead and bring Mike on for Morton Corner. Welcome, Mike, to the show. What do you got for us? Hey, guys, numbers. Numbers, numbers and more numbers. <laughs> numbers. We like numbers. Yeah. Well, not we collectively as in Michelle, but Michelle's going to go take a nap. Yeah. <laughs> this segment is where Michelle can just rest for a moment and, and you know, come, come back in a few minutes and, and all the nerd stuff will be over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. So um, shootouts. Uh, just really been intrigued by shootouts lately. So wanted to, to look into them a little bit more. And I, I find it intriguing as to how the seeds work in the shootouts and how successful players are with certain seeds. So what I looked up was in 2021, 2022, the shootouts. We've had three so far this year. We had six last year. So this year, 2022, and the three shootouts over all of the events and the shootout format, singles for men, singles for women, and doubles. Would you care to guess what the average seed that wins the event is? Average seed. The average seed to win the event. Right, we're not throwing out any highs or lows or anything like that. I nope. no, I mean I I don't think it's I don't th- winning a shootout in average seed I I think it's almost useless. I would say third. No, that's too high. I'll say fifteen. Okay. Anthony, I'm gonna go crazy. I'm gonna go crazy high because, like, streaker, for example, is like 200. So, uh, or are uh, you saying I'm not talking ranking? I'm talking about seeding after rounders. Oh, seeding. Okay, seeding after. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what I thought you meant. I'm gonna stick with 15. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds pretty good. I mean, yeah. I, I'll just I'll cut you guys short. It's not. It's not that far off. Yeah. It's not that. It's it's 11th. Yeah, so okay. the average seed to win is the 11th seed. And because of that, and the reason I'll clarify is just because there's so, you know, you're, you're playing so few games, right? It'd be right. different if we talk about open, like you're getting six games of rounders and you're really pulling out this field. Literally all rounders is meant to do with the shootouts is because we need to get the whole tournament in on one day. It's an opportunity, A, get players more games, 
get them a warm up, and B, if if you have the two best players on the day and they are better than everybody else, okay, they're both going to go two and zero, which guarantees they don't have to play each other first game, right? It's it's a rough seed, right? It's a rough seed of just kind of getting people. So because of that. If you're only playing two or three games of rounders, if you're only playing two games and in rounders, you happen to play the best, the second best player on the day and you beat them, they're still going to go one and one. And, you know, and so they may end up winning the whole tournament, but all of a sudden they're middle of the field. So I don't yeah. put too much stock in the, in the rounder seating. Yeah, I agree with you. The only comment would be, except in Phoenix, when I think, I think it was Ryan Smith and Trey Birchfield played each other in the first round of rounders. So, you know, in theory, you could have had your two very best players. But again, that's all random. Uh, your point is well taken, and I agree with you. That's that's a large reason why. Um, incidentally, last year, the average winner's seed was 10th. So the 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 seed, the 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 trend kind of holds up. Consistent. Yeah. So yeah. so when you hear people talking about getting excited, um, you know, and, and I tend to do it too, you know, hey, you know, so-and-so's coming in as the three seed, the two seed, the one seed. It's interesting, but it really means very little when it comes to the shootout specifically. So transverse of that, the number one seed going into the events. I won't make you guys guess, but last year, the number one seed averaged coming in fifth. And this year, the average uh, for the number one seed was eighth. Wow. That's so now remember in the shootouts though, these numbers are a little skewed because they're single elimination and there's a lot of ties. There's a lot of ties in single elimination tournaments. Yeah. Did we do the two bracket format last year too for shootouts? I think there was one tournament that did two brackets. Um it's always based on the number of people that are there. I think there was yeah, if there's a, 64 a or more, you have two brackets. Yeah. Yeah. So the only thing I can I mean, that kind of eight is 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 actually like worse than I thought. I thought it would still be closer to fifth or something like that. Eighth is pretty pretty bad. I mean, yes, it's only two games, but at the same time, your number one seed mean they played two players. There was a couple seventeenth place finishes that really dragged that down. Yeah, you beat you beat some people twenty one zero. I mean, I mean, you had to. I mean, in order to get that number one seed, you weren't giving up any points. Right, and one of those players was, and one of those wins had to be at least against someone that was also one and zero. Yeah. So now I just just to be one hundred percent comprehensive, or, or maybe not one hundred percent, but a little more comprehensive. I know that the that the women's brackets have less players um, in them typically, so that could skew the numbers a little bit. So just real quickly before we went on air, I looked up just the men's singles, which is the largest brackets and the numbers still pretty much held up in 2021 um seventh place was the average or seventh seed was the average seed to win it and ninth was the average finish for the number one seed so pretty close and in 2022 the average <laughs> this is where it might get a little interesting 11th place was the average uh seed to win and the number one seed averages coming in eighth again. So I guess in general, they're all, they're all pretty consistent. And you said that was for women's? Uh, no, that was for men's singles because okay, it had the, I had the largest brackets. So I wanted to go to the largest bracket size. 
so the uh, the finishes weren't artificially constricted by you know a smaller number of players. Yeah, the only thing women's women's will be a more of an accurate seed, but they're they're lesser, right? I say more accurate because they they generally get an extra game. Yeah, um, that, that they is get true. thrown an extra game because their bracket is smaller. So but it, they, right, you know, but in some of their brackets, especially late in the pro shootout season, there there was only a handful. So you know, if you come in as the the, the five seed and right. win the whole thing, it makes it look you know a little different than than a five yeah. seed out of thirty two players. So, so Mike, have we won. had a number one seed win? We have. That was my the next thing I was going to mention. There are. This year, there's one. Do you all remember who that was? The number Graham. one seed winning. I'll say Alex Rawls. <laughs> what, I got a 33% chance? <laughs> <laughs> no. You're leaving out a few divisions. Rosie Streaker. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, Rosie Streaker was the number one seed, and she won. Um, last year, there were four. Coincidentally, three of the – the four were in the women's division. Allison Peters, Cheyenne Renner, and Lori Duell all won it. Basically, you could call it wire to wire. Number one seed wins the bracket. Now, here's the real tricky one. I'm going to ask you guys this. I remember this day vividly. Do you remember the only men's uh, shootout winner that led from that won from the number one seed position? Last year. One last year. I will say Damon Dennis. Anthony, you got a guess? Uh, maybe Maudlin? Mm, nope and nope. Mish, you want to give you, – you want to guess? Oh, man. <laughs> last name lines with listener. <laughs> Uh, what was that? Last name, last name rhymes with Wisner. Uh, I don't <laughs> that. Hey, great, great hint. I love the hint. I'm so smart, you guys. I don't know how I got that one. <laughs> Hisner, no, okay. I, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. That makes Adam sense. Adam Hisner went through the, the rounders, and I believe he went through two or three, four games, whatever it was at the time. And I think he went through three rounds and didn't give up, but like one point. He, he was just, he was smoking. I remember making some Facebook posts about how hot he was in rounders. And then he went on to win the whole thing. So it was pretty, interesting. pretty, pretty memorable for me. Now, the last thing I'm going to leave you guys with, and then I know you guys want to get to, uh, to some more stuff and you got Wally coming on, which is exciting, but did just a little bit more research over the weekend on my stats. I looked up two random regionals. I believe it was the St. Louis regional and the main regional. I just wanted to look at something other than pros to see what stat most accurately tracked where a player would finish, because we've talked about that a few times. And I'm just going to leave you with this. Simply PPR plus DPR is far and away the best stat. You can get a little more complicated. PPR plus DPR times three is almost the exact same, but in essence, they're, they're, they're tied for efficiency, and the one is just so much easier to do. So for overall efficiency, PPR plus DPR is the number one indicator of where you're going to finish. Interesting. Yeah, I'd expect PPR to make more of a factor at a, at a regional or, or a local or, or something that's not a pro yeah. division. Um, yeah. 
Again, that's only two, but um, as we go through the year and I look up these things more and more, there, there is a resounding story that keeps coming back, and that is you need to look at both stats. Sounds good. Now, at least we know not to hyper-focus on one or the other, but to take both into consideration. So thanks, Mike. Yeah. All right, guys. See you, thanks, Mike. Mike. Take care. Say hi to Wally for me. <laughs> Will do. Moving in the news around the league, we had the North Dakota State Championship. First place, Brad Anderson for singles, then Mitch Feist for second. For doubles, Brian Cole and Caleb Stone and Corey Heiser and Connor Heiser for doubles. The Vermont State Championship, first place for singles, Lucas Lanfear and Colton Lino for second. And for doubles, Tim Lanoue, Hunter Brassard, TJ Kennison, and Colton Lino are your first and second for doubles. And big win for Devin Harbaugh joins Jimmy Humans for the perfect open season. So congrats to him and Jimmy, of course, for uh, that amazing accomplishment. It is time, everybody. For Wally to join us on the show. If you don't know who Wally is, then you're clearly not listening to the ACL live feed because he is one of our commentators for uh, the live streams and for K9. So thank you, Wally, for joining us. We're excited to have you. Wally, what's going on, everybody? How you guys doing? Thank you for having me. I'm also I'm also excited to be here. You look, look at him. He's shaved and everything. He's I got he's yeah. clean shaved. Look at him. Look at this guy. He's ready to go. Felony looks so small with that massive uh, logo behind him. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't be a, that logo. logo. That, Logo's a better feature a, than I am. That, <laughs> no, this is like my black tie canine uh, unit jersey. This is my official, you know, party jersey for big events such as coming on this podcast yeah, this, is, this is like wearing a suit for mm -hmm. uh this yep. position i got it yeah exactly. that's cool we dig it awesome well we're really excited to have you wally um you're one of our commentators uh you and i have our own show the mission wally show there uh, it is do it better than i do uh but <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're, we love it all right so wally i'm just curious like what made you want to get started in this whole commentating game and, and the broadcasting and all of that like is this something you have a history in or, or how'd you get into it absolutely not no i um i enjoyed watching the espn broadcast where all the pros they got their 15 minutes of fame and just you know obviously trey and jeff doing a phenomenal job of calling the matches and i was like you know what us crappy players deserve some love too. So I wanted to get some live feeds on intermediate comp players and figure out who the next person to take the next step and the next step and eventually get to that pro caliber status is. So if you look at a lot of my sponsored players, they're great talented players that really didn't get the spotlight at the beginning of the season. So I want to focus on players that are up and coming and that's kind of why I wanted to do it. And then just trial and error and process after process after process kind of got me to where I'm at. Nice. I can tell you what, Wally, I'll speak for all of the addicts out there, man. Before before your live feeds, I was the guy like jumping from personal Facebook page to personal feed just to piece together all these different games, you know. So having this one spot, you know, this this high quality production and then what you add to the commentary side and the IQ and then you're fielding the Facebook comments. You're doing all these things at one time for a really long period of time. I, I appreciate what you do, and, and thank you for all that. I'll speak for all of the, the addicts out there. <laughs> thank you, brother. Appreciate it. You know it. But, so yeah, I first met you. Sorry, I was just going to say uh, I first met you out in, in Worlds. Yep. And it was the first time I met you, and you had this sweet setup, you know, the fancy computer and all this stuff, and you really had a vision of where you wanted to go when we were talking about it at that time. So it's. Um, it's really cool to kind of see you turn your vision in, into something uh, 
uh, tangible. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to do it without the viewers. I mean, if <laughs> if there's nobody watching, then I'm not streaming, obviously. So, I mean, the, the support that I've gotten from the community and growing from 300 viewers when we first started this last March up to closing in now on 10,000 viewers here in just one year, that's phenomenal. So thank you, you know, Trey, uh, for giving me the opportunity to come out to Worlds and kind of showcase what I had. And I think it went pretty well. I think we're doing good. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I, I kind of piggybacking off of that, I was going to ask, like, can you put into is, is you know, we obviously talked, bef you know, beforehand, we had all the initial conversations and it leads to more conversations. But like, is this what you expected out of this year? Because obviously things have just I mean, people are like like fangirling over canine right now. I mean, just I call it Eric I mean, it's, just, yeah. it's really, <laughs> really weird. I'm not going to lie. Uh, T-Nut said it best, you know, just enjoy the Z-list celebrity status as long as possible. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not used to people. <laughs> hey, Wally, Wally, can I take a picture with you? I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, I'm just a normal guy. I'm not even good looking. Like, you can find somebody better to take a picture with. But I'm always down to please everybody. My inbox uh, keeps getting flooded with people who just want to say thank you, which is amazing to me. Because sometimes just the, the people are like, I know I'm a nobody and my my appreciation isn't nothing. I'm like, no, that's that's what means a lot to me is whenever you don't usually like go in the spotlight, but you go out of your way and say, you know, thank you. That, that means a lot to me. That's what that's what keeps me going. So I appreciate all the small people. Like I said, that means a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the other, uh, you know, on the other side of it, uh, kind of, you know, again, you and I have talked about things, but like, what is, you know, I think people would be interested to know and in kind of what your long-term, like your, your vision is. And, and, and that can come in a variety of different ways, right? You know, there's, you get really technical and say like, what's my long-term vision on how I, elevate my live feed. Right. But there's, you know, there's also the, the side of that question of like, where is Wally want to be, you know, at a certain, you know, period of time, you know, so, so what's part of your long-term version? Cause I, I I'm guessing kind of a year and a half ago, your long-term vision may have been where you are right now. And so <laughs> you're having to rethink that long-term vision because it's already here in a certain amount of time. Cause, cause if anything, I, I experience that all the time. I try to set goals that all of a sudden, it all just, you know, things go haywire, they go well, and you have to readjust. So Yeah, yeah exactly. So kind of like you, you know, I have a degree that I'm not even using. So my <laughs> yeah. degree is just my goal is ultimately to pay back that degree I'm not using for one. But I, uh, you know, I'm sad that I can't see my daughter play softball or volleyball. So I want to take canine unit outside of Cornhole. And it's obviously going to have to change the name. Canine unit won't transfer to that type of stuff. But I want to start filming uh, – weekend tournaments you know anthony goes to his son's basketball all the time i want to go to my daughter's softball tournaments and volleyball tournaments but just the production of those type of things are very very minuscule compared to what they could be and especially whenever like college recruiters are starting to look at kids now at eighth grade and freshman year you know getting them on film and getting like a nice recruiting video to put in front of a recruiter so that way they can get a scholarship that's important to me because that's what i'm going through right now so my daughter plays third base for softball, and I'm at tournaments. Some people see me. I'm watching it. And the camera behind uh, home plate cuts off third base. So that just frustrates me. So I want to be able to get the whole <laughs> field on there, and I want to see, you know, kids just play ball and have a good time because 
that's when the passion's there. You know, you get kids crying after they lose a tough game. I mean, that's real to me. It's like college basketball for me is better than most pro basketball games. But nice. You know, you need footage of that stuff, in my opinion. And there's just right, so got, much got, money getting thrown around. Why not give something back to the kids and the parents? Facts. All right, I got something for you, Wise. A little, uh, little lighthearted. <clears throat> um, so one of the cool things about your style is you always have this mystery co-host, right? It's like, who's going to be on the air with Wally? I we've had Miranda Coy, Ryan Windsor showing up, even Noah Wooten, Eddie. Bella. Bella's Bella. Shit, I think you even had, like, Jason McCannon on there for a second. <laughs> yeah. Trey Burstfield, who doesn't say anything, he was on there. So looking at all of your and, – and a lot of voices I don't recognize. So <clears throat> looking at all of your mystery, you know, co-hosts who kind of just show up, I'm going to go two categories, all right? I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Pick pick one of those people out of all of your commentary, comment, co-comment, co-commentary people that you would say, keep your day job, commentary ain't for you. Who would those people be? Oh, man. You want, me to get, you want, you want <laughs> the evil. good and the bad, all right? <laughs> good and the bad. All right, so An- Anthony knows that I don't shy away from anything in the chat, and I'm not going to shy away from any questions here, so let's go right at it. All right. Um, First of all, I love commentating with all three of you guys. You all had something different, and it brings out something different in me. So um, I think the best commentator I probably had. The stay at home, Anthony Ione. <laughs> that <laughs> I was, know, that's what I was waiting for. Oh, open open my, format. Open that's, format. My, that's, that's my role model. I told you guys. I'm trying to be just like him one day. Um, but, no, Eddie uh, from Cornell Bag Reviews, I think, did a very good job. We vibe really well. And not only that, he provided something different with the bag selection scenes. And the insight for the bag material. I know he's starting his own company now, so I'm kind of looking forward to see what he's got there with the making the bags. Um, let's see. And the one person I'm gonna keep out of the booth, man. I'm trying to go back and think of everybody that I've had. <laughs> oh, this is too easy. Right. This is- <laughs> oh, it is. I think yeah, so. I, I don't know if I don't know if it's too easy or not because I've been, I've had so many people in the booth. I, I mean. Okay, I'm gonna have to come back to that because I'm I'm going all over the place. Oh, right I want to know what Trey. Oh, I caught him! I stumped him. He, he finally. Oh, mine's yeah. easy. Jason McCannon, get him out no, of the booth. I love McCannon. <laughs> I love McCannon in there. Out of the booth. I love He's McCannon. He's not biased at all. He go. <laughs> and and the only reason is, look, I love Jason. Smart guy. He knows his. He knows he Cornhole. There's not. You yeah. just. <laughs> you are playing with fire, putting Literally. a putting a microphone in no front of Jason intended. McCannon. <laughs> That's so very, very true. Yeah, no, I, I'd probably have to say, and now don't get me wrong, it's fun, but the drunker you are, the you gotta stay out of the booth sometimes. Yeah. If, I, yeah. if I if I say something to you, and then there's so like this close. awkward silence where you didn't take into consideration what I just said, and then you just go on your own tangent, now we're both lost. But yeah, yeah. I I enjoy the socials, but the socials aren't a chug. You don't chug the social, you just sip yeah. the social. You know, it's a sip. So that's, yeah, in moderation. We yeah, like fleekable. all the we like all the yeah. terms that you've uh, coined. I don't know if the Mishit is one that should stick. That's, that's um, that great. one. That one might need to go. Uh, that's a GTT we... collab in the making. <laughs> Mishit Mish off the back. Mishit yeah. off the back. Oh man. Well, we appreciate you being here, Wally, and all that you do for uh, us on helping us commentate, but also for the viewers uh, considering their what they're putting in the comments. I know at home. I love knowing that you're reading it and, and it feels like we're interacting. So I appreciate how you bring that to the commentating game. So thank you for all that you do and looking forward to sharing the mic with you in the future and uh, getting out there and we'll see you soon. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. See you guys next season.
See you all. All right, it's time to get into the single brackets preview uh, for our event coming up this weekend. So, oh, I'm sorry, for the Nationals. So let's go ahead and get into it. We uh, I want to start with you, Anthony. Talk, talk to me about some of these brackets. All right, bracket A, I, I would say this is a cool storyline. I think the biggest storyline could be of the whole tournament is out of the left side. This is Jamie Graham's bracket number one seed. Tony Smith is cracking open this bracket right now thinking – here is my rematch, and here is my path to the number one player in the world. So remember at the last national, Tony Smith and Graham were the last two standing on the ESPN broadcast. Both Graham and Smith are now in the left side of this bracket and would meet up for that final match out of the left side to get to the king seat. So this national four in Chicago is going to be the biggest tournament so far for Tony Smith. Why is that? Remember, every player drops their worst national performance and this being the final national we're going to get a clear picture of all the rankings after this event so currently if we drop the lowest ranking of all the players tony smith jumps from the number 15 to the number four now check this out because it gets more crazy and this is where the storyline comes from if tony smith wins national number four and jamie graham does not take second tony smith jumps into the number one player in the world now that's my math i would love it if trey came in and validated it but that is my math and i think that is his path so the fact that they're in the same bracket makes it even more interesting if tony smith comes out of the bracket that means the best jamie graham can do overall is fifth so bracket final i'm taking tony smith out of the left and because of what's on the line for him i think that's going to be advantageous to his mindset and his decision making versus a bagger off the radar coming out of the right side Derek Holland. Holland's going to have to go through Birchfield, Zaft, then Damon Dennis to pull it off. And I think he's more capable of doing so. What do you think, Trey? Yeah, this bracket has got four bracket winners on the year. So that's how, if you just look at the math, right? We've only had three nationals for to have four. That's higher than what you'd expect, right? You'd expect it to kind of offset in a different way. You have Jamie Graham, Tony Smith. The other two, you're for, you you know, maybe people at home forget about. You have Jacob Trzinski and also yes. on that left side of the bracket. So before Jamie Graham gets to Tony Smith, he may have to go through a Jacob Trzinski. And if Trzinski is playing like he played in Atlantic City, that could be a big deal for Jamie Graham to go through. And then the other side, of course, you have uh, Damon Dennis. He didn't win a bracket, but Doug Zaft is also there. Yes. So this turns into a pretty stout bracket here in bracket A. All right, let's roll into bracket B. What do you got, Anthony? All right, bracket B, uh, Alex Rawls bracket. So he's number one seed in this one. Um, the last two standing out of the left is really setting up for a Rawls versus Eric Davis, in my opinion. But hiding there in that side, we've got this number five, James Washington. How does this guy year after year completely, he's a consistent player but stays off of the radar. Still a top 20 player, currently sitting at number 19. I think it's because he's always that one or two wins away from a deep run. It's been a long time since we've seen him on the broadcast, much less a bracket final. Um, but noted that at national number one, he took fourth. Is this possibly his time to break out? I, th I think this is a good time to do it. Um, out of the right side of this bracket B, really bad luck round one matchup for Jimmy Humans. He's going to pull the number 58 seed, Jeremy Shermerhorn. Shermerhorn is not a 58 seed. I mean, he's rolling in pretty hot. He's an open number 13 singles champ. He made a deep, deep run at the last national taken fourth. Tough pull for him. 
But so humans is going to have his handful there. But I think if he gets through that match, he's got two, I should say easy wins, but two wins he should make before he's tested by Frank Modlin there in the, in the, in the right side. Um, Trey, I, I just don't know what to think about Matthew Creek killer, right? Uh, Natty one, he takes 11th. Then he comes out and wins the whole thing in dominating fashion. You're like, oh, the train's rolling. He's got some confidence. He's going to do good at National 3. Nah, he takes seventh in his bracket. So I think he's a future top five talent, uh, in my opinion. Uh, he just needs to demonstrate more consistency. Bracket final, I like Rawls versus Jimmy Humans. And a final note, dropping that worst performance discussion, Jimmy Humans, wait for it, goes from number 27 to number nine if we drop everyone's worst performance today. So... A decent run by Jimmy Humans at the next national could lock him up into top 10. A good run by Jimmy Humans, like an incredible run. He could jump into top five or six potentially. This, this just feels like Alex Rawls' bracket. There are only two bracket winners in this bracket. You have Alex Rawls and you have Matthew Creek Killer. And Creek Killer has already shown that playing his dirty style game can give him the highest of highs, but can also give him the lowest of lows. And because of that, that sets up beautifully for Alex Rawls. I, I just, I don't know who stops him. Facts. I do like that. All right. What about bracket C, Anthony? All right. Matt Guy's bracket. So um, here's the thing. In the He's in the left side, obviously, number one seed. In the bottom of that left side, Alex Hicks, a future top four player in the world, in my opinion, a future national singles champ. And I'm eagerly awaiting his ESPN debut. So the world can see his talent. But what better time than right now while Matt Guy is slumping just a bit than when he peaked earlier in the season for Alex Hicks to take out that left side. Remember, Alex Hicks beat get, beat Matt Guy at open number four when Matt Guy was at his best. Um, these two fighting for the king seat seems imminent. On the left side, I like Calvert. Or excuse me, out of the right side, I like Calvert. Uh, his run at the last Nationals was strong and broadcast-worthy coming up just short after a close, close loss to Tony Smith. That one could have went either way. Um, Trey, Trey, for this National Four, I believe there's more broadcast time. Do do all four bracket winners play on the broadcast? Yeah, all four bracket winners will play on the broadcast this time. So That's you'll big see the time. entire Final Four. Yeah, you'll see the entire Final Four. So if Hicks can win a bracket, he's in. He doesn't have to win a bracket playoff game. I think it's time. I think it's time for him to show the world what's up. What do you so think? You don't right think now? it's going to be a, a Matt Brett guy final dad son? That would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool, but I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't know if I see it happening either. I was trying to run through real quick and see how many bracket winners we had here, but I like that you called it Matt Guy's bracket because some people would call it Alex Hicks's bracket. Back. Right? I mean, <laughs> depends on, it uh, depends on, uh, you're not wearing your baby goat sweatshirt. So, uh, I'm, I'm saving it. Yeah. Saving I think it. it's a three, I think it's a three horse race, honestly, between Halbert guy and Hicks, all three at times can show that they could be unbeatable. I think if I had a three sided coin, I just flip it and that's who I'd take. <laughs> all right, let's go on to D last one. All right, D. Mark Mark Richards bracket as a number one seed. The left the left side. We've got Ryan Smith out there. Is it time for him to pull his win out? He hasn't done it yet this year. It's always possible with this guy, Trey Hunt. I mean, he's looking to make a run. Uh, let's let's note that again. If we talk about that, drop your lowest performance. Trey Hunt jumps from forty seven to inside elite at twenty five. So if he makes a good run, he could be an elite level top twenty five guy. 
Ryan Smith on the left side. We're seeing this upward trend, right, in the open formats, in the shootout formats. But can he get it done in the Nationals? Right side, I got a really close eye on Dylan Turpin. I mean, back to the drop your worst national discussion. This guy jumps from 29 or 21 to 9. So he's a top 10 player going in. If he can have a good showing here at the next national, um, I don't know. What do you think, Trey? Those are my picks. Ah, oh, man. We didn't even talk about the most brutal matchup in the yes, first round. I saved it for anywhere. you. I knew you Cheyenne were going to Renner out. versus yes. Jordan Power first game. That is sure. brutal. This bracket also has four bracket winners, and that includes guys not uh, named Jordan Power not named Derek King, not named Philip Lopez. You got Dylan Turpin down there at the bottle, not named Ryan Windsor, not named Ryan Smith. Stay as far away from bracket D as you can. <laughs> you do not want to be in bracket D. How it's unfortunate is that for Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. Again, wow. again, how unfortunate is that for her? Because if we go back to National 1, I think she had one of the worst draws at National 1, too. I think it was like a that guy, guy then in her, in her floor. Yes. It was insane. It was insane. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to roll into those hot takes. So what do you got, Trey? You got a hot take ready? Yep. We got my hot take. We just did singles brackets. Let's keep it singles rolling into the national and all Alex final. Alex Rawls, oh, Alex Hicks. Okay. Yes. yes. Anthony? Uh, I'm going to go pretty hot this week, and it would be some kind of historical moment, I think. This weekend's this weekend's shootout number four doubles event will be won by the all female team Hunter and Moppin. Ooh, yes. hot, hot, loving yes. it. Mine That's is right. also scorching hot, but I I'm gonna go with my boy Ryan Smith for a national win, I, and he's in the death bracket, so it's hot. But okay. I know it's hot. Can That's do very it. hot. I yep. like that. Come on, Ryan, don't let me down. You got this. All right, guys. That's all we have time for this week. We'll uh, see you guys all next time. Enjoy the cornhole this weekend in Washington, and let's get it done.